Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where we revisit or visit, depending on how you want to see it, the 1980s year by year and talk about pop culture and what was happening. The year, 1981, Ronald Reagan, the former movie actor and host of television's Death Valley Days, was inaugurated as the 40th president of the United States. Sandra Day O'Connor became the first woman to serve in the U.S. Supreme Court. On March 30th, President Reagan was shot and wounded by John Hinckley Jr. in Washington, D.C. And... Segwaying into John Paul II was shot and wounded by a gunman in St. Peter's Square, Vatican City. Quite the uh, quite the year to be somebody famous. Yeah, I mean, although I, I guess we'll never know if he uh, if if Reagan was shot because of uh, his presidential policy or because of his acting. You know, but I'm, sort of the mysteries. I keep forgetting. I meant to I meant to get us a snare. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's, um, let's talk about people who were born in, uh, in 1981. There's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good roster of people. Uh, George St. Pierre, GSP, Canadian mixed martial artist. Uh, he is to this day, probably my favorite MMA uh, fighter. I got into MMA right when he was starting to peak and he peaked and, stayed at the top uh an impressive impressive fighter super nice human being from what i can tell and thoroughly enjoyed the work that he that he um that he did as a fighter uh but yeah born 1981 are you familiar with gsp uh, i am yeah and not only from the fighter stuff but like i've seen a few interviews he's done and like uh you know you get those you you'll be you know on the internet you'll get one of those videos where it's uh inspirational you know like story and they do the compilation of things to build it like he had a real tough uh upbringing you know and he got picked on as a kid because he was little and uh, that all fed into his future and choices he made you know to choose to overcome it so yeah he does seem like uh, an exceptionally kind for for his chosen sport and uh inspirational individual I follow him so on also on, a fan. I follow him on social media and he just does um now because he's retired he just does uh like health videos tips cuz he looks he looks in even better shape now than he did fighting cuz now he lost like a lot of the muscle and just kept the lean. Yeah. And I'm just like the it's incredible how he can look younger than he did before somehow and in way better shape. Yep. Um Chris Evans, American actor, you know? Uh, was it America's ass right there? America's ass. <laughs> I really like everything I've seen this guy do. Uh, I'm a I'm a fan of his uh, quite a bit. I think he he can almost do no wrong to, with me at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's definitely built up his uh his his reputation. Um, I mean, prior to his uh, explosion in popularity as uh, Captain America, um. I had seen him. I know I saw him in Fantastic Four. That's, yeah, he was a Human Torch. Yep, and then I—I'm sure there was something else. 
I saw but, him in a movie called Push, where he was really good in it okay. with, with with superpowers. Got people with like uh, extra abilities. Okay. Um, so he's been he's been he's been banging that drum for a while. <laughs> he has, and actually, oh wait, now that I remember, he was also in a movie called uh, the the comedy. Um, oh no, like not a not another teen movie. I think he was like the jock in that one. I remember him playing that that type of character. But no, no, yeah, no, I, I mean. Uh, you know, standout films, obviously, the Captain America Winter Soldier for yeah, me. Yeah. I, I am a big fan of Snowpiercer. That's a that's a really good film, and he's fantastic in it. I have not seen that one yet. Good movie. Good movie. Yeah, um, no, uh, Knives Out. Knives Out, yeah. But I, I th- was a funny departure. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, the, other, the thing about Knives Out, though, is the... Is, the scene stealing by uh, by Daniel Craig. I mean, the man, oh yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's you know. I, I mean the 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 most standout thing for Evans is that it's such a um like a purposeful antithesis of everything else he had done recently. You know, being that, not end up standing. That's actually very true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, he's uh he outside of movies too. He seems like uh, uh he's uh he says and does very good things. So big fan. Next up, we have Brandon Flowers. Do you know the name? I do. Lead singer of The Killers. Uh, phenomenal band. They have their first two albums, right? Uh, Sam's Town and... and um, uh, I almost said Hot Fuzz. But it's... <laughs> Hot Fuzz? That is what I said, right? You said Fuzz, so... You were trying to get them in that movie. I thought I had no hot fuzz. Yeah, it's hot fuss. Oh, fuss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking, yes, yes, yes. You're absolutely yep. right. <laughs> uh, but those first two albums are are phenomenal, phenomenal albums, uh, and and his solo work. Yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. So he was born uh, Ben Schwartz. You know that name? I do. He played one of my favorite characters of all time in Parks and Rec. Giamat? No. <laughs> Fuck. I'm gonna get his name. I'm gonna get his name wrong, aren't I? Jean Ralphio. Jean Ralphio. Okay. Wow. No. It's way off. Mm-hmm. Jean Ralphio. One of my favorite characters on that show. He steals every scene he was in. Uh, very funny. I. 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 I I automatically start laughing whenever I see him. It's fantastic. We have Josh Gad. Are you familiar with that name? Yep. Yep. He's. I think everybody knows him now because of the snowman from uh, Frozen, right? I mean, that's not. I mean, I wouldn't have known that unless you said it. But, oh. <laughs> uh, I, n- now I do. He's Olaf. But that's just, that's just because I don't watch. I don't watch a lot of Frozen. What do you know him from? Uh, I just. I you know. I, I. I. Let's take a peek because like I, I recognize the name. I'll tell you what I what I yeah. what I'm recently watching, and this could be for later, but I'm not gonna say before later. Avenue Five. Have you heard of that show? Uh, yeah. It's hilarious, uh, and it's season two's back, which I'm very happy to see. And he's also very funny in that. Hey, he's done a lot of different voice work here. Yeah, I know, and he can sing. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I've just seen that around. Like, there's all kinds. I've seen a bunch of these movies, but a lot of them are animated. All right. Yep. And then we have uh, Biggie here. J- 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt, American actor, film director, musician. I mean, talk about a body of work from his 30, uh, third rock from the sun to inception. The man has made quite, he, he has, I don't think he's made a bad choice in a movie as of now. I have yet to watch a movie of his and go, nah, I'm out. Like 50-50 was exceptional. Looper. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Looper. Looper with Bruce Willis, right? Uh, Yeah. That one was such a good movie. Even Don Marco or Don Juan that he did, like, you know, where he plays the douchey New Jersey, uh, um, you know, gym bro. He's just he's just incredible in everything, and I'm skipping all the all the, like the Fifty Days of Summer stuff that he you know obviously everybody loves him in. Uh, fantastic actor, fantastic, incredibly skilled actor, yeah. And then we have uh, last but not least, we have Julia Stiles, American actress. I will always hold her in high regard because of Ten Things I Hate About You. Such a such a great great movie, and her performance was so good. All right, moving on to people who died. This is a big one. Uh, the man needs no introduction, obviously, but Bob Marley passes away in 1981. Brain and lung cancer at the age of 36. I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of his work. I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say I'm a huge fan of reggae. I'm not. But he's one of these people that, that crossed over very easily and, and went, uh, you know, went pop without realizing that, that he went pop, you know, like a lot of artists end up doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, something, it means something when like people who aren't fans of that genre, like that's how you know that genre. That's how you know that music is because of this person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I've been listening. Well, I'll talk about that podcast later, but the, you know, like sometimes you, somebody's success almost gets lost uh, the the message that they're trying to send gets lost in their success and not on, on any part of their own they just happen to be that good and the message is so 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 uh strong but um but then like they almost become like a you know like you can interpret a song in any way you want after after they've hit it big you know so three little birds can be about anything <laughs> um Another one that we lost in 1981, uh, Joe Lewis, a American boxer, world heavyweight champion, died of cardiac arrest at the age of 66, regarded as one of the uh, greatest and probably most influential boxers of all time. He, I think, held the world heavyweight championship title the longest. I think he kept it for like 12 years and, and, uh, and defended it for 25 matches, I believe. And then the cultural impact that he had uh, in uh, in in helping integrate African Americans into different sports by breaking those color barriers. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I believe he started playing golf, and um, he was instrumental in that integration. And then the work that he did, because he was one of those people that was called up for the draft during World War II, and he actually went. And um, he he was used as a spokesperson to sell war bonds. And, and, you know, he did his time. And then he had that really famous match with the uh, German um, uh, in the late 30s before the war. Uh, but kind of 
uh, kind of showing off, you know, America was better than Germany at the at, at almost the height of Germany's like you know power. So right, and what a contrast, right? Right of uh, of uh, ideologies. Uh, next up, quickly, we'll talk about Natalie Wood. Are you familiar with her? Uh, I'm not sure. So Natalie Wood had an unfortunate. Um, well, no, let me not say that. She had a great start to her career. Uh, her first movie was a co-starring role in America on 34th Street. Okay. Um, as a teenager, she is in Rebel Without a Cause next to James Dean, where she gets a, a Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, she was nominated, I'm sorry. And then she goes on to do, this one you'll know, The Searchers. Okay. With yep. John Wayne. And then West Side Story. All within. I also know that. Yes, all within like three years, she got those three movies. Damn. Um, she and this is something that I, I've always I've always found fascinating. Her death is first of all still unresolved, and currently, do you know Robert Wagner? Yeah. He is still under suspicion of being the person who murdered her. So what happened was, she disappeared from a boat and apparently drowned under unclear circumstances. So the events surrounding her death have been a subject of um, conflicting witness statements. Here's the kicker. Christopher Walken and Robert Wagner were on that boat. Christopher Walken. Yeah. And up until like less than a decade ago, Robert Wagner is still a person of, of interest in this case. Isn't that insane? That is pretty wild. And then the last one I'll talk about, which this, I know this story very clearly because I was a huge fan of America's Most Wanted. But Adam Walsh uh, was Joe, Joe, Joe Walsh's son, the creator of America's Most Wanted. Do you know the story of Adam Walsh? Mm-mm. So when he was six years old, he was kidnapped from uh, a Sears or some sort of department store. And... It's a tragic, tragic story because they actually they they found him beheaded like, you know, uh, weeks later. And basically it is it was the driving force for for John, John or Joe Walsh, right? Joe Walsh to start um, to start being a part of of uh, groups to be able to help individuals with with uh, these type of situations, which led to the creation of America's Most Wanted, a TV show which helped put behind bars God knows how many people. I grew, yeah. I grew up watching America's, America's Most Wanted. Yeah, I'm familiar with that show, too. And I, I mean, didn't get to watch a bunch, but I, I knew of it, and I saw bits of it. Yeah, so his driving force was when his six-year-old son was kidnapped and, and later found dead. Um, Wild. And it drove, That's awful. It basically drove him to, to try to stop that from ever happening again to someone else and created this TV show where, I mean... I want to say that, and, and I'm going to take a blind guess and say that they they probably have put away quite a few people into prison thanks to that TV show. Let's see. Hang on. America's Most Wanted. On for 25 seasons. John Walsh. Yeah, I was saying his name wrong, so I apologize for that. Since 1988, when the show premiered, 345 fugitives have been captured. Thanks to the work that he did with... Um, Victim, victims' rights and missing children. Um, so no, but, 
it's an awful origin story it's for, an for awful, such an impactful origin story but the yeah. the impact that it you know the catalyst that it that it created right so it's just incredible work incredible work but just sad again just heartbreaking sad to hear that yeah and uh yeah let's um let's talk movies from 1981 this is the big one even though it's not a big one if you think about it so the evil dead comes out in 1981 written and directed by sam raimi and starring bruce campbell and that's pretty much all you need to know about that movie nine that, that, those two people explain what you're gonna what you're getting yep ninety uh thousand dollars to to do uh Grossed 2.7 on a uh, million, and up to, at this point, it's at about 29 million. They got their they got their money back. It's a good return on investment. I'd a say. little bit, yeah, yeah. Were you were you a fan? Have you seen it a couple times? What kind of uh, Evil Dead fan are you? I've seen it a couple times. Um, it's it is a uh, it is a, a, a staple, like a cult classic. So I got another one for you here. That Cannonball Run. Have you ever seen that one? I don't think I have. I'm familiar with it, though. Okay. So the film is based on a 1979 running of an actual, you know, uh, outlaw cannibal run uh, that that begins in Connecticut and ends in California. And, you know, obviously this is like the the all-star ensemble because each car has like different cool people in it. So you Uh you start with... (laughs) Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Roger Moore, Farrah Fawcett, Jackie Chan, and like Dean Martin. Um, one of 1981's most successful films at the box office. Now, I, I distinctly, I, I always thought they were funny. I distinctly remember one thing that this movie did that I had never seen before, which was the blooper reel. This was the very first movie where I saw a blooper reel at the end. And it is said that Jackie Chan like the idea and that's why he started doing blooper reels of his accidents at the end of his I movies. was gonna say that's where I'm most familiar with like live movies having like you know the blooper reel because like Pixar does it which is funny because you have to make the blooper but like Jackie Chan's movies all have it yeah he got it from the from his experience in Cannonball Run that's great yeah no the movie made 72 million uh sixth highest grossing film of 1981 insane same year, we also have another biggie, Stripes, directed by Ivan Reitman and starring Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. Uh, and I will say, like, you know, there's there's a bunch of other people, but like John Candy and Judge Reinhold, they're all in it. Harold Ramis co-wrote it. It went on to be the fifth most popular movie of 1981, uh, beating out the one we just talked about with at 85 million. Uh, and... If you think about it, without this movie, because Ivan Reitman, Harold Ramis, and Bill Murray all go on to make Ghostbusters. Right. So without this movie, there is no Ghostbusters, I believe. My my belief here. Uh, were you a fan of Stripes? Yeah. So, so far, it's been, uh, what is it? One, uh, so two, two out of three. Two out of three. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's, see if we, let's see what happens with this next one. Then we have the Canadian animated Canadian. By the way, I didn't realize it was a Canadian film, but I wouldn't have known that either. Canadian uh, animated science fiction anthology, uh, Heavy Metal. Uh, fun fact: produced by Ivan Reitman, the same person who just uh, who just directed uh, Stripes. Another connection: 
uh, John Candy does one of the voices in one of the anthology stories. Just, you know, just how it is. Everyone's staying busy. Uh, ridiculous soundtrack on this movie. Uh, it had, I remember it had, it had Black Flag, it had Cheap Trick, it had Blue Oyster called, oh yeah, Journey in Nazareth. Just a ridiculous, ridiculous, cool movie. I used to read the magazine in the 90s. And I watched the movie, and I, I started reading the magazine because of the movie. For those of you who haven't, who've never seen it, it's it's uh, heavy metal is just a magazine with um, short stories, different artists, science fiction related, almost like um, a a version between uh, not not like not like uh, like Outer Limits or Twilight Zone, right? It was heavily fantasy, right? And yeah, yeah, heavy fantasy and um, uh, and that type of lore, I will say. But the movie was basically they took like five stories and animated them. And and look, and I'll say, look, it's a dated movie. Okay, it is. It is. If you watch it, you're going to have some problems with it, probably because it was 1981 and probably started being made in the late 70s. There's probably going to be some problems. But the animation on that film is is really really good and again the music and the score fantastic so the uh little little fun fact here um robert rodriguez he uh he bought the rights to it in 2014 with the intention of making a remake right Mm -hmm. in 2000 there was a sequel uh heavy metal 2000 but in 2014 he bought the rights to it and he was he was basically going to create the make the sequel or the remake but then he ended up selling it as a tv show do you know what tv show this ended up being gabe no which blew me the hell away because i watched the first season of it and i thought it was really good but i didn't connect the two love death and robots on netflix uh i don't think i ever would have connected that me neither and i I, watched i watched the whole first season yeah i watched the first season i liked I liked it a lot. Uh, Love Death and Robots. Um, yeah, no, I I wouldn't uh, would not have. I mean, format wise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit, huh? Yeah, so that technically is that. Uh, a movie called Taps, Gabe. Have you seen that one? Ooh, no, I don't think I've seen it. This movie, I don't think it was a great film. I don't think it did fantastic in the theater, but I remember it from the eighties. And I remember enjoying it. And basically, it has a bunch of young, young actors. Young George C. Scott, young Timothy Hutton, young Tom Cruise, uh, Sean Penn's first film, Tom Cruise's second film, technically. And it's about uh, a West Point type of uh, military school that is going to be shut down because they're going to sell it to make condominiums. And... These military kids, you know, basically organize, rebel, and take over the school and and hold it off against, like, the law enforcement and the army trying to come in to stop them. So it's a very interesting film. It's actually yeah. very, very interesting. I, uh, I remember watching it and enjoying it. I, and, uh, and I remember, yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, this was, this was a while ago. But, yeah, taps. So you haven't seen that one. All right. No. And then we'll close it off with the biggie, Mad Max 2, or as it was released in the United States, The Road Warrior, directed by George Miller, second part of the Mad Max franchise of 
four at this point. Commercial success, grossing ten million in Australia alone, which was double what Mad Max had earned in the country uh, to become the highest grossing Australian film at the time. Interesting, right? Yeah, no this this is this is the Mad Max that we all think about when we think about Mad Max, uh, and it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal yeah. film. That was my intro to Mad Max. Uh, that should be everybody's intro to Mad Max. And this is why Fury Road worked. Because George Miller made Mad Max in nineteen uh, in 19, late 70s, early 80s, and then Mad Max 2. And then he came back in, was it 2015, 2016, Road Warrior, uh, uh, Fury Road? Yeah. Came back and did that, and it was excellent. When you have a good person behind the helm who understands the character and and what they're trying to accomplish you're gonna get gold every single time so if you haven't seen the road warrior you should definitely watch the road warrior those are all the movies i have for today as i as i said uh sean penn first appearance uh in taps and 1981 was also the debut for uh, the band duran duran so you know there's that uh let's talk about something old something new now uh, I'll start first. I, I I've had a because we we haven't we haven't done one of these regular episodes in like two weeks. So I actually did a lot of TV watching and and stuff. I watched Black Adam. Oh yeah, I think? without spoiling it, it's definitely not a DC movie like we've seen before. It's not a Marvel movie. They're not doing that either. Uh, but it is. It it definitely had a rock action film it just so happens that he is the his physique is the epitome of what every actor i think tries like works out to look like when he just looks like that way all the time that outfit was painted on him and you would not like there's no like the rock does not need to do anything to look that that awesome he he is the muscle suit i will say that that the DC characters used. So they used um, uh, Adam Smasher, Dr. Fate, uh, Hawkman, and the the fourth person I honestly was so useless that I forgot their, their character. Hawkman was really, really cool to see. They did an excellent job ma- like bringing Hawkman to life. I enjoyed watching Hawkman and the work that he did and the look of him Way more than Black Adam. Uh, Dr. Fate came a, a close second because of how cool his outfit is and the, the helmet. But Hawkman looked awesome. It was it was such a thrill to 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 see him be done right. I, I, I actually am glad they did it here and not in the in the Justice League because I think they would have ruined him in the Justice League. <laughs> Yeah, no. Sometimes it's better that you you didn't get them earlier. Yeah, and you know what? They, they're not they 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 really use them. They use the characters quite a bit. I I, I did not get that impression from the uh, from the trailers. I thought it was going to be like you know they come in or they're they're side stories or something. But they were very involved in the whole thing. So it was well done. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The bad guy in the film, meh. But uh, but again, it was it definitely had a. Fast and Furious, you know, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, it, it was a rock film. It was a rock yeah, film. The, the Rock brings something in it. Oh, yeah, it yeah. Sort no. of becomes a rock movie. You can't, you can't help it. Like, he, he is just that he's, person. 
persona is as big as his muscles. I also I started watching Tales of the Jedi. Oh, okay, yeah, I've not. They're 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 actually like fifteen minute episodes. Yeah, they're very short. I like and don't like him, right? Um, I think some of the stories are not necessary, but some are because they're leading to where we are now. So some yeah. some were fun to watch, and some I'm like, I don't know why they made this. <laughs> um, there's a really so there's a there's a there's a, a Count Doku backstory that's really good, and the the one of Osaka being being trained by um, by Anakin is really good too. I'll say that. And then, and then the last thing I want to talk about, which is something, a a podcast I got into about two weeks ago and I have been listening to nonstop because it, it feeds right into the the stuff that we do here. But it's a, it's a podcast called 60 songs that explain the nineties. And, um, his name is Rob Harvey or Harvilla. He is a, um, music critic for the ringer. And he goes song by song from the 90s and why they were that song was so important, why it changed this or what it did to that. Um, he is a gifted storyteller. My God. Uh, it's, it is one of the best podcasts that I have found. And this is, you know, like I know I almost find one every other week because I was just telling you about Anderson Cooper's podcast. <laughs> But the way he tells the story and uses music within the story, it's not just that song. It's everything that led to that song that he's going to talk about and then what that song did and why it, it explains the 90s, you know. Um, and, and you're going to know most of the songs, but the backstory that he fills in for you is is really, really fantastic. Uh, and, and again, it goes from R&B, grunge, rock, uh, you know the I think I sent you the the sand enter Sandman episode. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like again, like from from DMX to like uh, Mariah Carey to Pavement to Tori Amos to Fiona Apple. Like, if the song captivated any part of the '90s, he will cover it. And I'm telling you, like, it is just him and the mic, and he interviews somebody at the end. But I could listen to this man talk for an hour. He is a gifted storyteller i i am thoroughly enjoying uh all of it uh it's su- it's such a such a fun one but yeah 60 songs that define the 90s if anybody has the time i highly recommend that one that sounds really interesting okay i'm all good there if you what, what do you what about you gabe what what's uh something old something new for you yeah, not a, not a ton again my uh i've stayed busy but i did uh i'm now only two, one episode there's one episode left in uh, uh, Rings of Power. Oh wow! Um, yep. Has it and, has uh, it been living up to its expectation? I, I mean, for me personally, yes, because my expectations were non-existent. Um, I, I've I've gotten into the habit of not getting too hyped about things. Uh, I don't watch a ton of trailers leading up to most things, even if I'm interested. I'll just be like, "Oh, that's coming! I'm excited <laughs> for that." And I'll I'll tend to stay away, and then I'll I'll watch and I'll just make it you know form an opinion, um, partly just be from being busy, and partly from just you know that way there's you, you know you're not going in with any kind of preconceived. But for me, like it's so it's finally starting to pick up. I'll say like, and to be fair, the actual Lord of the Rings uh, books and a lot of 
um, my favorite fantasy stuff. It, it is slow to start. You have to lay, you know, lay the groundwork for things to happen. So it, I wasn't upset. Um, I know some people like, you know, they wanted there to be more out the gate. And like I said, I, I, I've, the visuals have been consistently fantastic. I think the acting's actually been real good. Um, and the people they cast were good in the role. So now we're starting to like actually pick up momentum in terms of things happening. And, you know, like I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, I don't know how they make their money back with how much they spent on it. Like, I really don't. <laughs> I think it's the most expensive TV show uh, that's been made. It had some absurd amount of money. But again, it, I mean, it looks great. Well, I think I think uh, just like anything else, right, your return on investment is going to be how many new people signed up to Amazon Prime in order to watch it. Yeah. And then every month that they stay after is your profit margin, right? Right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing I could think of. Other than that, uh, I've been... So there's a couple of podcasts. And I'll start by saying one of them, uh, I just I follow up because they do. They cover... Uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So I've been I've been keeping up with hockey, which has been real exciting for us in Vegas because uh, we're doing uh, well. We're actually the the top team in the NHL right now, Damn. thirteen and two start to the season. Um, and you know how so sports. I've never followed a ton until more recently with with the introduction of a hockey team here in the desert, but. I am familiar with, uh, you know, sports, sometimes sports, it seems to happen pretty consistently where they deliver these great storylines. Someone will overcome something, mm. you know, someone will have like, you know, a, there'll be an incredible comeback or an underdog story or whatever, right? There's just, sports is good at spawning storylines. So we just had a, a game where we have our top centerman, our superstar centerman we acquired, um, who left his previous team under, with some controversy, like, he wanted to get a surgery because he was injured and they wouldn't allow him to get it. They wanted him to do other therapy because they were concerned that the surgery, which had never been done on an NHL player would affect his play. Um, and as an investment for their team, they wouldn't allow him to do it. So that caused some friction and he wanted out, which caused him to be available. And, and we got him on his first return game to his old stadium Hat he trick. lost. Oh, it was a year ago. No, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say hat trick. <laughs> we lost. It was a year ago. He got booed every time he touched the puck, the entire game. Um, we lost. It wasn't an overly spectacular game. It was like I think it was like three to one or something. It was just it was done. So this past week we had his second return game, and now he's had a full you know season. You know, previously he didn't get to play the whole season, but he's had at least time to get with the team. He had a full summer to um, train after having had his surgery last year. So he's in better form now. And the dude was motivated. And you actually, that was a predictive. He did get a hat trick this time. Oh, did he? <laughs> and it ended seven to four. Oh. And again, he got booed. They didn't even wait for him to touch the puck this time. Every time he got on the ice, he got booed. And it, you couldn't have painted a more perfect revenge game because oh, yeah. for the first bit of it, he got denied twice on breakaway shots. Like he'd gotten, he was, he was trying to get a goal and, and, you know, the crowd loved it that he didn't get it, you know, and people are like, you know, booing and like, you know, it's just so he finally gets an assist on the fourth goal. I want, Yeah, so I think it's the fourth. I think he got the last three goals. I think it was the fourth, but he gets an assist. And instead of celebrating the guy who got the goal, all his team comes around him and is like <laughs> hyping him because he got a point. He really wanted to get on the scoreboard against his old team. 
And then the dude proceeds to go and get a hat trick and like shut up the the booers. It was just it was spectacular. So that was just a, a great storyline from sports. Like, you know, he comes back, gets his redemption, like and and all the all the reporters after are asking him, it's like a WW uh uh E thing. They're like, Well, you're like the villain here now. Like are, are you fully embracing your role as like you know, like how does it feel? <laughs> nice. But that was fun. And so I I listened to a podcast where they cover that stuff, but the other podcast that um, I pay uh, attention to. And whenever an interesting episode comes up, um, I don't know if I've mentioned it before on here. It's Illuminati, spelled not the normal way. And uh, uh, this uh, this lady, uh, Blair, she, she does these... She's got different segments within her podcast. Like, she's got The Corporate Casket, uh, Multi-Level Mondays... Um, think she i know those two are in there i don't know if she's got any others but she does she'll look at a company like multi-level she'll look at a scammy company and kind of do a breakdown of what's shady about them and their history and what they've oh, done okay um or uh she'll look at a, a a business or something and and talk about like what happened to it like why it failed like the last one i listened to is you know bang energy drink yeah so it was how bang's profits went flat and i i know that they've been a controversial company for a long time. Um, and their, their figurehead, the guy that runs the CEO, who's also their figurehead dresses like in these crazy suits. All that. He's very flamboyant. And, and I, I, um, I know them. I've never had a bang uh, drink. I know them because they, um, they're all over the Miami social influencer uh, feeds. Like every model and everybody from Miami has a, yeah, has a bang. That was their marketing strategy. Yeah. They got in early on the on the influencers back in the day and like started just being like, we don't their their marketing was we don't care what you do in your you know, in your post, do it with bang energy drink around. Do it in the back, like have that in the background, be using that, and then do whatever the hell you want. And so they just gave them license to like to be a party at the beach, do this, do that, be at a club, do whatever, but like feature the drink. And that's how they got so popular and broke into the market is like that was their strategy and anyway they're super controversial but like it's just interesting to, to some of the choices and to see like why companies like where they go wrong because like he, they, obviously they did some very smart marketing but interestingly did you ever hear of the uh back in the day the i mean i hesitate to call it an energy drink it was like a nutritional supplement classified as a fat burner Redline. it sounds familiar it sounds like a four-hour energy drink to be honest with you so it was like that. It was uh, it was like a lot of those kind of things. There, I, I know there was another one called like Hollow Point. I drank Redline back in the day. I would take one out in the field sometimes. It was like oh, a super, okay. super caffeinated. It had a whole bunch of chemicals you couldn't pronounce. Probably a really unfortunate thing to put in your body, let's be honest. And hit, that, that was the same company before they made Bang. Like they made that drink. There was controversy around that drink. Like I think there was a couple of deaths. Oh. Because, you know, you, had to, you literally couldn't sell it. That one couldn't be sold if you were less than 18, the original Redline. And like, you were supposed to drink half of it at a time, and it okay. wasn't a big drink. So this, I okay. Now that you say that, yeah, I, I definitely saw it at the PX. Yeah, and that was a thing that I was just oh. you know, eighteen year old me was like, sure, I'll put this in my body. What, what's the yeah, no, I was using uh, I was using cigarettes and uh, sunflower seeds to keep me awake. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, that's the same company who ended up making Bang. And of course, they, you know, Bang was a different direction. Bang was not a, like, you know, warning, this can't be sold at 18. Although they do put a shocking amount of caffeine 
in Bang Energy. It's got like 350 milligrams or something like that, 320 maybe. It's like a, as much as probably like three normal sized cups of coffee, you know, strong coffee. So it's just an interesting podcast because it's the same kind of concept every week, but it's a different topic. So you're like, you know, every time you're, you, you're going to listen to it, it's going to be some other company. It's going to be the multi-level stuff gets into cults. That's interesting. It's, it's very interesting. She's done Herbalife. She's done all the big ones, you know. Oh, Herbalife. And, and gotten, yeah, she's gotten into the history of like these, you know, things that you you probably have met or know somebody who has done at some point. Oh, interesting. And what's that yeah. one called? Is that? Uh, uh, Illuminati, Illum- but spilled. Her channel's Illuminati. Hang on. Let me look at this. So it's um, it's two eyes, <laughs> I-I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-U-G-H-T-I-I. Jesus. Okay. Not yeah. It's, 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 uh, and, and she portrays herself. So she does both, uh, the audio, you can get it on Spotify or whatever, or on YouTube. And she has videos that go with it. Like they're, oh, okay. they're yeah. And, uh, she is portrayed by a animated, uh, uh, character with a like pyramid for a head. So that's Illuminati. <laughs> like that's her persona and how she built the brand. And that's, yeah. Very funny. Yep. All right. Um, Perfect. I think we are just at time. So, uh, great suggestion. I, I think that one I'm actually going to look up. I, 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 that sounds. It interesting. is interesting. And she, I think she does a real good job. It's and, engaging. And I'm telling you, I, I, I spend two hours walking my dog a day at least, so I, I can squeeze in two hours worth of, of podcasts. So I'm, I'm burning through a lot of these. So it's, it's fantastic. I love it. I love to have that. Because at home I listen to music, but when I'm walking, I have like one earbud in. Yeah. It's just listening to somebody talk. Yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Remember to find us at Pop Culture Hangfire. And um, have a good week.